Bam, we're live. Uh oh, where's the guest? Good morning, Travis, Alyssa, Brandon, Susie, Carol. I like it how the Brazilians always put their flag. You ever notice that when you watch like CrossFit Games events? If it's the if it, if it's the Americans, it's all chatty Kathy. And the Brazilians are just all flaggy Kathy. Just tons of flags just cruising down the side. Keenan, good morning. I never, I've never, I don't think I've ever known a Keenan. Kenneth, good morning. I was just uh, pulling up the tabs that I wanted to show you for today's show. Today's guest, it's uh, it's, it's cool. It's crazy because I, I I first met her on the uh, CrossFit podcast. I kind of want to show it to you guys, but I'm afraid um, to show it to you because <laughs> uh, I don't want to get um, those fucking guys over there at CrossFit will report me lickety split uh, to try to get me off the air. But in, I, I, I think it was 2017 or 18. I should wait till she gets on here. I bet you she has a way better memory than I do. Jiggy Josh. Anyway, when, when I met Athena Perez, it was like, it was just sparks and fireworks just right away. It was just cool. Like I was like, it was like um, just meeting a good friend just right off the bat. It was cool. We just could cut through the bullshit. I mean, it, more than that, it seemed like just like someone um, – and, and I was hugely interested in her story, She uh, and she's very intelligent and articulate. So yeah, spe- oh, special, special delivery day, Travis. Oh, that would be awesome if my shirt showed up today. God, you're a good dude. It was just, we were, we were just kin. I just knew I like listening to people who have good stories and she's a great storyteller and she's lived an incredible journey. I, in the last three days, I just powered down her book. You can get her book on uh, audio. It's called um, lifting the weight. You can buy, I, I bought the book. I don't know. Um, two years ago and never read it. I was like, well, I already had her on the podcast. I already know all this. And I've talked to her periodically, you know, two or three times a year. We'll have a phone call, but I listened to the audiobook of this. This is so good. It kind of, she's like the smart version of Forrest Gump. Her life really just kind of just trots along in this pattern in, in, or in these twists and turns that you can't even imagine with the FBI and in police and just all sorts of wild shit, all sorts of wild shit. It's interesting. It says a story about faith, fitness, and perfect uh, uh, timing. In the opening chapter, it's like really God-centric. And I was like, man, is a lot of this shit just going to be over my head or uh, or too preachy for me? And I, I not not even close, not even close. I don't I don't know if I have a um. I I don't know if the whole God thing's a trigger thing for me or. Or, or I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm always, I'm always like on guard as soon as I hear that, and and I, it didn't even got through chapter one easily, and then it was just to the races. Hey, hey, what's up? How are you? Good. How are you? Mm. I had to make like two extra cups of coffee, so I have like one cup right here, another cup right here. I, uh, I have this podcast right after um, this one. What I don't even know if I'd call it a podcast. It's uh, we're going to talk about the games, and I, and I asked my wife. Uh, this morning, I was like, so can you just have another cup of coffee ready for me? <laughs> That's kind of what I did. Uh, do, are you addicted to coffee, you think? Yes. You think it's a bad addiction? 
now. Oh, good. Okay, good. Me too. I, yeah. I, but I don't like the idea of being addicted to anything. You know what? I, I've actually thought through this a bunch of times. Okay, good, good. Uh, justify, justify. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to justify. Am I actually addicted to it? I don't know if I ever drank coffee for the caffeine. I drank it because I genuinely like drinking warm things. And I, oh, right. I've tried to do tea and I just can't do tea. I don't do it every now and then, but. It's not, uh, sorry, when I say coffee, sorry. What I really mean is caffeine. Oh, I don't know because this is the only caffeinated beverage I drink. Right. Uh, and, and you do put cream in it? Is that what you said? No. No, you no cream. Well, if I get an iced coffee, I'll put a little half and half in it, but hot coffee, no. I do my first cup with uh, heavy cream. And oh. Then if, and then if I have other cups, I don't. Because my it. first cup, I kind of justify as breakfast. Or um, strong coffee has okay. some shit you can put in in it, too. And and if I'm, if I'm really feeling freaky, I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not addictive, like, uh, like, I, like smoking. Right. So like I've, oh. I, I can taper off of coffee and then just be okay without it. But like, but cigarettes aren't like that. I tapered off years ago and I'm still like, not every once in a while. I'm like, God, I should, I should go down to the store and get myself a vape pen. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, but it, but it doesn't go away. No. It's like, no, there with you. Like, a, right. like, a, like a bad ax. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Don't that's the thing. Don't ever start smoking that because that one will stay in your headspace. That one will uh, stay with you until you're dead. Yeah. Hey, that that's an interesting thing. Your book, a lo- your book really is a, another way to characterize your book. I didn't think of this till just now. Is it's about headspace. Oh yeah. It's about hey, it could be called that. That could that could be the uh title of it, headspace. Because almost every chapter has some tools. Well, it, it explains some sort of um uh, uh, it explains your headspace and then gives you tools on how to navigate it, whether it's with the police, with your diet, mm-hmm. with fucking scary things like rape, with just like all the different things. And then there's always, there's a character in your book named Sarah and mm-hmm. we, right. Is that yeah. And you and her are always, uh, or, or you, you utilize a lot of books too, to like to, to deal with headspace. Yeah. Yeah, I did. What, what, there was you're, talking a, about, you're talking about like the lessons, right? The end of chapter stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, no, just even just throughout, just even your conversations with, um, there too. Right. Right. Okay. For sure. There, there's a quote in there that stuck with me that I've already shared with like five people. And I just start, you know, finished the book in the last three days. I don't know if it's Bernard Shaw or who it was, but it was basically like, if you can't change your mind, you can't change your life. That's right. Bernard Shaw. It's true. And there are it's there are so many people right now who need to be able to change their mind agree yeah totally agree they um yeah uh you brought that up because we're gonna talk about that okay tell me go what is there you want to dig in there do you want to say something about that before i say some other stuff too no, go ahead. I'll give okay. you. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the, the two reasons why you're, so if, if you go back to, uh, I don't even know what year this is. Okay. But if you go back to this year and you want to, if uh, you want to see when Athena and I first met, here it is right here. Uh, this is 2018 and this is the CrossFit podcast. Yeah. And what had happened was, t- tell me how you ended up there. I have my version, but I want to know how you ended up there. How'd you end up at the CrossFit podcast? How I ended up on the podcast? Yeah. Uh, I got an invite. 
Because because I saw the video that you did with uh, Mr. Kozla. That's right. The video came out, and um, I want to say that was in oh, April. And, mm-hmm. and then you saw the video. Well, you helped produce the video. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I didn't know. I I mean, Kozlop hit it. I, I watched it, and I cried. I mean, Kozlop hit it out of the uh, park. And even I think, I mean, maybe I'm making this up. We'd have to have him on. But I think even he came back from that and was like, kind of like holy shit i fucking hit this one out of the park me and so, this girl me and this girl connected i mean i think even he was kind of like couldn't believe what the gold mine he, he landed with that piece where what what is that piece called i should pull that piece up too Cause, i should see that piece first of all cause is amazing yes amazing like the guy is so uh amazingly talented um what had happened though i think it was kind of a surprise to both of us how that mm-hmm. actually transpired because um when we were sitting down at the table, you know, having that conversation about um, just, you know, kind of what had happened and and the abuse and just some of the stuff that had happened. We got through that, that set. I don't know what you call it. I'm not a videographer, right? But we got through that set and he's kind of got this shocked look on his face and he goes, so I just recorded that whole thing. I didn't know. Right. I didn't know that the camera was on. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And, and then he looked at me and he was like, well, how do you feel about that? And I was like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't sure even if I was ready to, you know, broadcast that out to the world. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just, let's just do it. And so I, I think it turned out that real because I didn't know the camera was on. Um, how old were you when that happened? That, that video? Uh, when the video was filmed? Yeah. Oh, uh, 39? 39. No, no, I was 40. 40. Is is that the most... So in your book, you say when that video was made... And sorry, guys, for being so abstract. We will dig down. Uh, when that video was made, um, that was the first time in your life that you had been that open, right? With the world about it. I mean, people in your lives knew or no, you had been that open before. I think I'd always been open, but I, I certainly had never been around cameras before cameras of any kind. I mean, I didn't even like people taking pictures of me at all. Right. Uh, You know, it's people always joke around like, Athena, why do you always use like the same before picture, you know, when you're showing your progress? Cause it's the only one I have. Right. Right. And, and, you know, damn it. I, Thinking back, I wish I would have taken a shitload of pictures, but I didn't. And so anyway. Um, have you learned to like yourself on camera? I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind. I mean, it's not a fear anymore. No. When I was on that podcast, like I was, everybody's like, oh, you did so well. Like if you really only knew how I felt at the time, yeah. like I was scared shitless. It's a long podcast. I look like a paralyzed deer the entire time. Not true. Did it, it it's um I, I just went and looked at it. I can't believe it. I wonder how many pee breaks I had to take. It was two hours and forty-five minutes. That was long. It was great. What, if you haven't seen that, you have to see that. I, I, um since then, since then you've published a book. Yep. I mean you've done a ton of ton of stuff, but the two main reasons I brought you here is because you published that book, uh, yep. Lifting the Weight, and you and you're about to uh launch the beta or you have launched the beta of this. This uh, this seminar, right? Yeah, the beta launches next Saturday. 
okay. So now, so now we laid off, laid out a bunch of shit. I want to talk about. I want to uh, ask you this real quick. In the book, the, by the way, the, the the book's all over the place. You have to read this. It's so fun. It it is truly fun. Um, it, it, at some points there are some chapters that are so like heavy and intense. And I was thinking, same when I read Kayla Harrison's book. Uh, there's a there's a book written by um Kayla Harrison, the greatest female fighter alive right now. She won two gold medals in the Olympics. The only American ever to do that in judo. I think she's the only one ever to win one. And she wrote a book about how she was molested from the age of eight to 16 by her judo coach. And that's what the whole fucking book is about. And when I had her on the air, I said to her, Hey, I don't know if I'm a better person for reading your book. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad I read it, but like, it, like it rocked me. And, and it, and, and like maybe even made me paranoid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, because I have kids. This book is not like that. The, uh, this book, there are some, there is are some really heavy things, but there are some fun adventures too. Probably yeah. not fun for you, but there are some fun adventures too with the police and the FBI, and there's some great stories. Yeah. And and and, and uh, you're not held underwater. By the way, I, re- I I I love Kayla's book. By the way, it's not a shot at it, but you're not held underwater in this book. So I want to talk about one of the fun um, things real quick. Um, that case um, with the FBI. Mm-hmm. And the um, you couldn't is that the case you couldn't talk about or was it the previous case with the police and the um and the uh, landlord that wouldn't give you your deposit back? Which one was it that you or is it both? I couldn't talk about both of them. I mean the the time has expired now. It's been over ten years. So the what do they call that? The gag order. Yeah. So yeah, it's expired now. So. And they both got squirrely. Especially the one. So basically she had, she lived in an apartment. She wanted to leave. She um, asked for her deposit back. They wouldn't give it back. She gave her landlord a, a certain time frame and said, Hey, if you don't uh, give me my money back, I'm going to um, come back and there'll, and there'll be legal actions. And then she, she went away for a couple of weeks on vacation. And when she came back, she was supposed to meet her landlord at the apartment. And while she was waiting there, um, uh, the landlord called the police and got arrested for trespassing and kind of like, and then basically said, yo bitch, who gets the last yeah. now? Yeah, right? That was the, that was the start of my criminal. Uh, that was the start of my criminal record. So, so it was the end of my criminal record too, by the way, uh, was, and the reason that I got arrested for trespassing is because he processed an eviction on me while I was gone. And I didn't know. And you were just sitting in the backyard that what a sneaky thing to do. And you're just sitting in the backyard and he's like, Hey, meet me, uh, meet me at the house. And you're just waiting there. And then what a tool. Right. So he, he, he made it sound like he called me up on the phone and he made it sound like he wanted to like come to an agreement. Right. And so he's like, okay, meet me at the condo. And again, looking back, I'm like, why did I even go over there? But it, it didn't seem unusual for me. I lived there. So I was like, oh, let's meet in a, you know, like a public place and we'll get together and we'll, we'll, you know. So when I got over there, it was pouring down rain. So I was trying to get out from under the rain and I knew that the back patio area had like a cover. And uh, so I just went around the back to sit in the back. And then and by couple- then all your furniture and everything was out of the place, yeah, right? It was an empty place. Yeah, empty place. It was just. So, I so what a-, a joke. The cops couldn't just look and be like, so the cops were on the take. Well, so in Texas, you don't have to have criminal intent to trespass. But you but you could have just said, hey, officer, it's obvious I'm not like. No, it was different. Like he knew exactly what he was doing because I because he processed an eviction on me while I was gone. Mm-hmm. The eviction stood as a trespass order. This is how it works in Texas. So if you show up back on a property 
after you have been trespassed, it's automatic. Now, now you have trespass with a little tag that says habit shelter, which means according to the law that you, you, you've been told to leave, you've been ordered to leave, and now you insist on coming back to the property. It's like a, it's like a squatter. Even though you're only there for a few minutes and you could be like, Hey, look at the text messages. I'm just meeting them here. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Crazy. And then what ended up happening from there was a cascade of things that made you think that he, that maybe the police were on the take, right? Or he was somehow affiliated with the police. So that was, that was the first one. Uh huh. So that's kind of what like, so in the book, when I was talking about it, it's like the first thing that happened that kind of got me in that mindset of, you know, I need to fight the world, you know, cause things like that make you bitter. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next situation was totally separate. Okay. And that was with, that's when shit started getting weird, like the slash tires and stuff. Yep. Okay. Then I, then I conflated the two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a great story. Yeah. Um, are you going to write a second book? Yes. It's already almost done. Wow. Yeah. Did you uh, did you enjoy writing the first one or the second one better? Um, definitely the second one. The first one, um, the first one was harder just because um, you have to go back through everything, and um, you know, I rem- I was remembering stuff that I I had forgotten about, and then you know every. You can get to a point, like even in therapy, where you feel okay talking about it. But then at some point, um, you know, you still feel it. You still feel it, you know. So it was just, it was mentally exhausting to write that book. Mentally exhausting. Um, The second one, the second one is just basically kind of a pickup of where I left off. And a lot of that just has to do with everything that's happened over the last couple of years. So that one was a lot more fun. There's a theme in the book. Um, I actually didn't think of it until just now about your weight. Nope, not correct. Your your thoughts about yourself holding you back from completing things. Yeah. And um, the the one that stands out the most is you had a t-shirt business, uh, not specifically around skateboarding. <coughs> skateboarding and snowboarding, yeah. And it requ- and and the business was taking off. It did take off. Yeah, it got. Yeah. Cut, uh, oh, your your logo was being used in some movies. Yeah. Um, your 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 partner was young and invigorated. You were crazy invigorated. Yeah. It was it was obviously a passion uh, project that had caught on fire. It, it was the kind was. of thing you were working on, obviously, hundred hours a week, and it didn't even phase you. Yeah, yeah, true. It started requiring you to interact with people in person. Oh shit. Yeah. So, um, we started getting invited to a lot of events. It just took off. I mean, it was just a cute little, I call it cute. Dennis would probably kill me if I said that. Uh, it was just a cute little brand, you know, and, um, it had a cool meme, you know, this Yeti character and, and yeah, we started getting invited to a lot of events. And I, and I think the one, the first one was like, um, it's, it's a thing here in Minnesota called Soundset. And it's like all the bands kind of get together and it's like a, it's like a, you know, like a festival of all the cool kids, you know? And I hated 
I don't use that word. I strongly disliked being there because I felt so out of place. One, because I was older. It wasn't because I was older. It was more like I just felt like a I stuck out like a sore thumb. You know, you have all these teens and early 20s. And and then I was the 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 fat older lady. That's how I felt at the time, you know. And so I didn't want to be the face of our brand. I always kept pushing Dennis to the front because that was his thing, you know. And how old was he? Uh, when we started the business, he was 17. Okay. And, um, and did he skate? Oh yeah. Okay. So he was perfect. He was a perfect front man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why it made it so fun is because I didn't have to, I didn't have to be that person. But when I started to have to be that person and then we got media started getting involved and then we get this invitation to, um, the, the kids choice awards. I was like, I can't go looking like, like I can't, I I literally thought I would single-handedly take down our brand. And I thought that it would, it would hurt us. And, and eventually those thoughts killed the brand, killed the project, right? Destroyed us. Yeah. So just to be even more clear, there was some events that you needed to go to that basically you refused to go to because you weren't comfortable in your own skin. You didn't want other people to, you had a, a story spinning around oh, sure. that w- that you didn't want to deal with, which was like, Hey, people are going to basically make fun of me and laugh at me for being too big. Correct. And did you ever, do you tell Dennis this? Or is he too young to know, or you don't have that relationship with him? Oh, I mean, our, 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 <laughs> Dennis is like, like he, he could be my brother. Um, like he's the closest thing in the world to me, even today. Um, no, it's not. I did not have these conversations with him at the time. One, cause I knew it would, it would kill him, you know? And two, I think at the time he was so young that I don't think he was going to understand like the big picture. Dennis didn't know about my past. He didn't know, everything that I had gone through. So it was just too complicated of a conversation to have with him at the time. You, you know, I, um, I, I, I know we, we briefly chatted about it and I was, t- I told the story about going to Disneyland and I, and I just how shocked I was by what I saw just by how big everyone was and how bad everyone was eating. But I guess the inverse of that is, is if you are that big and you go out in public you you have that same fear because you know that there's people like me who people who like are ju- yeah who are yeah. just like holy shit totally agree i'm glad that you brought disneyland up we're going to cover that today that oh you scared me the way you said that oh look 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 oh no I have oh no oh no disney i got notes too there in the <laughs> in the there was there so so that's that's one and and I want to point out one more. There was another event, um, even more specific, where it just wasn't your own thoughts, but it was people being vicious. You went to a pool. Oh yeah, yeah. And the story starts off so good. I'm like, yeah, go girl. You get a bathing suit. You go to a pool. You go to a gym. You get in the pool, and some people fucking basically talk shit to you. Not basically, they do talk shit to you. Two groups of people. One group from afar, and one group basically right to your face as you walk by. Right. And you get in the pool and you get stuck in the pool. Yep. 
because well, we uh, say stuck, right? Because that wasn't psychologically. Psychologically, you get stuck. Yeah, psychologically stuck in the pool. Yeah, you're brave enough to get in. Yeah, but when you while you're in the pool, a story be, because these people are being uh, jerk offs. Yeah, um, a story spins up. Right, and um. And it's like, hey, I don't want to get out and give them more, more opportunity to make fun of me again. So you stay in the pool for two and a half hours. Yeah. Brutal. Um, and even after 30 minutes, you were like a prune, you say. So after two and a half hours, after no. two and a half hours, you must have been like just waterlogged. I was. <laughs> I felt like a, oh, it was awful. Did, um, did, did, did you cry in there? Not in the pool. I, no. You know, like I think I did a really good job growing up and kind of going through that first part of my life, um, not letting people see me cry when they would do that. What if you would have swam over to those girls who are adjacent to you and just been like, Hey, I'm going to get out of the pool. Can you guys not make fun of me? Oh, fuck. That oh, shit. Can you imagine how that would have gone over? Because I don't know. It would have rocked the shit out of them. I think, I mean, do- I you do something no. like that. Well, you take the risk. Either one of two things is going to happen, right? Either they're mm-hmm. going to just leave. Right. Or it'll get worse. Right. So, you know, you pick your poison, right? But it's just fun doing stuff that's totally out of the norm narrative once in a while, which I know you know. You know what I mean? I, I know now. Yeah. 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 Just, to, just, just face it. Be like, hey, this might just be me, but could you not laugh at me when I get out of the pool? Oh, shit. You know what, though? That brings up a bigger topic. Yeah, go. And and I think it comes up in the book a lot because I I think it happens so often for for a lot of us is these stories we create. Because you and I both know that those two girls could have been in the hot tub over here talking about, um, they could have been talking about, oh, uh, something that happened over the weekend or somebody said a good joke and they were you know, and they were laughing, but right, right. You're taking a huge risk by, by, by suggesting something that might not be true. Right. That's what you do. Yep. So I always say vibes are a real thing and vibes deceive us, but vibes are also our guide. Right. Things like that do happen and you can pick up on it and you know what's happening. So I don't want to discredit that, but I think just as often we make it all up. Yeah, I've been, I get a, a day that that's a, the whole thing with relationships, right? Yeah. Um, someone you know reads into something you say and misunderstands you and then responds to it. When I look at the YouTube comments, 90% of the people are trapped in their head. They see something, they make an analysis of it, and then they respond to their own analysis. They're talking to themselves. I, it, it, it's, 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 uh, it's it's how most humans live. It's why they can't get along. It's why they don't have happy relationships with their mates. Do you ever feel that way? No, because I can. Well, only uh, Do you ever feel trapped in your head. No, never, never. Um, there there was a time in my life when I did. Um, you you were t- uh, it, it's um, I think the road to that unfortunately it ends up being suicide. Not not suicide like you actually kill yourself, but I think it ends up being um. When you're when you're in that when you're in that journey and you're trapped in your head and the voices in it and the conversations get so loud, eventually you have to start contemplating your own death. I think that's where that road leads. I, I could be wrong. Well, no, 
No, oh. I think, no, I think being trapped in your head can be much more simplistic. Like okay. simply like, um, you know, digging your heels in the ground and not wanting to change your mind. That's being trapped in your own head. Oh, back to, it, back, to back to back to Bernard Shaw. If you can't change your mind, you're not going to change your life. Yeah. When I, when I'm by myself, I'm much more um, soft in my thoughts. I know. I'm much more I, supple. I'm willing to explore so much when I'm in my own thoughts. Why do you think that is? Well, you, you're you 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 just you. You can be well. At least for me, probably maybe not for some people who are even scared of themselves. But for me, I can just be vulnerable to myself. Whereas with other people, and that's what that's kind of what makes the podcast so fun too, because you're actually doing it in front of other people. Well, here's what's really interesting. Yeah, go. About that is you, you are much different right now than say when one of the. <laughs> what, what, how do you know I'm not? How do you know I'm not? <laughs> I sent him an invoice before the show, Bobby. Uh, you are you are much different right now than you are with say when Matt is here. Oh right, okay. That's the energy I'm talking about. Right. right. Whatever strongest is going to propel forward, and then everybody jumps on board. Whatever that energy is. Right. Right. And you do it. Oh, you mean you mean the uh, 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 I, I turn the energy up and lead the um the not the cavalry the what are the guys who like go to your people's energy, house? Your energy goes on your podcast depending on uh, on the crowd. Right, 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 right. Well, also, also what I'm interested in. So, like, I just I, in the last three days, I just sucked down your book. I'm glad you finally read it. By the way, you've had it for like a year and a half now. Yeah. Well, I did. To be honest, I didn't read it. <laughs> I, I listened to it. God, you read good. Really? Uh, thank you. That was my first attempt. And I was just listening to some of the things last night. And I'm like, oh, God, you read good. Um, you know, what doesn't d- doesn't translate well in the book are the um, lessons at the end of the chapters. Like, to be honest with you, I didn't figure that out until like the last three chapters. What was going on there? I was like, what is the stuff at the end every time? But uh, but I'm kind of a, a there's parts of me that are kind of like a rock. <laughs> Okay, tell me about Disneyland. Well, uh, uh, tell tell me, about me about Disneyland. I I did a whole show on it. Tell me about. I Disneyland. I, I remember. Tell Tell me about Disneyland. Was are, are, was I? Do you think I was mean? I was uncouth. I was. Uh... I think. Mm-hmm. I I think when it comes to topics like this, that mm-hmm. you you lack mm-hmm. a little self awareness, man. Okay. And let me tell you why you, I believe, I believe at the heart that we both want the same things. Okay. We absolutely want everybody into CrossFit so that we can get healthy. That's the goal. Right. So our goals are the same. Right. With the individual, but with the impact on the planet. Right. Right. But you take um, a drastic, drastic approach. Okay. And to me, it comes across as that approach is very, and I don't think, I'm not going to say that you do it on purpose. It just comes across as being very, in a, in a very shaming way. Okay. You know what I mean? And Like if you eat sugar, you're a piece of shit. Pretty much. Thank you. That's a great okay. example. If you eat sugar, okay. you're a piece of shit. 
right. that, that this method, this method is not going to get people to stop drinking sugar. Like how does can you give me fun? just uh, um, can you give me an example? Was there something I said on that show that you wrote down that you're like, wow, I can't believe my friend said this. I, mean, I just so you know, just an example of that is I had a friend come over to my house a couple weeks ago. It kind of it fucking rocked me. And they're a really good friend. And they said, hey, you said on your show that any parent who's uh, who puts a mask on their kids, a piece of shit. And, you know, we put a mask on our kid. I was like, oh, fuck. Well, and I love and I love these people and I don't think they're pieces of shit. I know. I know. Um, OK, let's go through. the. I'll, I'll revisit that because I because okay. I know why you do that. At least. Okay, I think I do. okay good. So uh, did cha- uh, Caleb changed the name of the show to uh, therapy with Athena. Uh, <laughs> forget about the uh, Athena Perez founder of uh, Scaled Nation. That's, that's a silly title. Go on. Mm-hmm. It was a really silly title. OK. OK, so you start off. Is Caleb, is Caleb? No, no, no one's here. It's just us. Oh, I was like, is he powering this? Because the visuals would be great. Okay. Okay. So you start the podcast, right? God, I'm glad he's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. You start the podcast. Yes. Caleb's, I mean, uh, Matt Susan's over here. You're already over here. And the very first thing that happens on that podcast is this, this picture that pops up on on the screen, and mm-hmm. it's it's a larger woman. First of all, where did you guys get that picture? I don't need, I don't remember it. Was it one Was it one I took at Disney? You just what? took a picture of a random larger woman, and you posted it on your podcast. Oh, I thought we couldn't pull up any of those pictures. Basically, when I was there to sort of, uh, I made it a, a the first hour I was there. I was just taking pictures of just people, just mm-hmm. like I just couldn't fucking believe. Like you we're just to- taking pictures of random heavy people. Not, not random. Like I would have a, uh, there'd be like, a, like a, there was a whole, like, like it would be the just stuff that I thought was like just stereotypical. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like the, like the, like the man, like the family with the, uh, like, like a, like a family with like all the daughters had blue hair and were sitting around eating ice cream. And I, I just started just like spinning narratives about them. Uh-huh. Like those assholes in the pool. So okay, go you, on. You were creating, sto- you were creating, <laughs> you were creating stories. Yes, that, yes, yes. And um, it's really good that I have this because check this out. Are you ready? So yeah. go. So this lady comes up. Oh, here we go. Holy cow! I got. I, I might have some options oh, here. Yes. So who 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 was that? Just some random person. Just, yeah, just some random lady. Just just totally just totally random. Okay, so that's how it starts. You don't know who this woman is. No, no, ma'am. You know you don't know anything about her. Right. You don't know her story. You don't know her struggle. You don't know why she's having. You don't know shit about her. But there no. she is. Yep. The, the meme of this Disney show. The, the me oh, okay yeah, like she's the opener she's like she's yeah i'm crazy. basically saying hey disneyland is a place where people are just going and just chugging sugar and this is the typical prototypical looking person who who i'm I mean, sh- sharing yes. the park with yes you say disneyland right but but this this has been a theme across since you've been doing the podcast this is when it comes to heavier people period it doesn't matter whether it's at disneyland or whether it's down at the dock you know what I mean? Fair, fair, right. For you. Right. So let's take the fact that it happened at Disneyland. Since of- I've been a little kid, actually, you want to know the truth? Since I've been a little kid. 
it's been like Savon, were you ever heavy as a kid? Uh, uh, yeah, but not like not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought I was heavy. Like, in, in if I want to tell you, yeah, I was a fucking chubby fat kid. But like, if you saw pictures of me, you might not think that. But you know what I mean? Were you teased because you were a bigger kid? No, and there's something yeah. in your book. There's something in your book about that too. You say in your book, I've 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 said worse stuff about my in my head about myself than anyone has ever said in my their life. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's probably how. That's exactly how I am. I I do not. I have st- some stories in there that are just. I just assume that no one likes me. We all assume that, by the way. Yeah, not okay. in a bad. Not in a bad. Uh, I never assume someone does like me. The best I get is, is like, oh, I'm not, I'm not tripping right now. Uh-huh. So you never got teased when you were young. Uh, in, I got teased. Yeah, I got teased. I got teased. I was short. I, was, I got started getting teased. Uh, not so much about being short. My big nose. Um, I junior. I, I was in junior high. Played Dungeons and Dragons and shit. Like I felt like I got teased. I got teased. I got picked on. I got teased. I was. I didn't realize I was short, but I was an easy target, or that I was. I was little until I got to college, and all the girls were like a foot taller than me. But I got. Um, I w- I realized in hindsight I was an easy target because I was little. So I was. I scrapping and fighting and being teased. It was just normal for me. To some degree, I think that getting teased when you're a kid is normal for everybody. But nothing like nothing harsh, nothing I ever went home and cried. I was never like, you know, I could go 30 days in high school, people making fun of my nose in a row, but I never went home and cried about it. When I left school, it was over. Was it? Yeah. You talk about it today. Well, you know what I mean by over. Like I didn't, I didn't do, I don't do I don't dwell on it. And like now today, it's just a tool. That's not what I mean. So it's, it's kind of like. I'm not saying that you have to go home and cry over it or the dwell on it, but it, it it had to have pricked some part of your finger. Uh, in Salon's defense, I remember that Disneyland podcast that Disneyland is. Yeah. Yeah. Athena. Yeah. What about that? What about I, I, that? Huh? I, I, I totally agree with that, but that's not okay. what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. Shut it, Susie. We're, Thank we're not, you. Ta- Thank we're not you. talking about Disneyland. Okay. <laughs> so, so. Uh, Just give it to me. What? Tell me what a piece of shit I am. So I'm saying, no, no. So what I'm saying is some part of your finger got Mm -hmm. pricked. It left a mark. It left an impression because that's what you project. Um, It really fucking bothered you. It mm -hmm. hurt you, whether you admit it or not, or whether you cried about it or not. Right. Oh, yeah, it hurt. Recurring theme. The fact that you were short, got picked on a lot. You even talk about it a lot. Right. Girls didn't want you. I'm sorry, but when you're young, that's hurtful. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Very hurtful when you're a teenager or whatever, right? Everybody's dating. Savon never got picked right. to, to have a girlfriend. Right. I'm sorry, dude, but it, it leaves a mark. It yeah. does. Yeah. Because that's what you project. What do, what do you mean by that? That's what you project? I think it shows up. I think it shows up a lot for you. That's what I think. Like that that story. Uh, maybe not the story, but I believe that my personality filters through that. Yeah. Like it does yeah. for all of us. Right. Right. That your personality filtered through those things. My personality filtered from my experiences getting right. teased or whatever. And yes, you can deal with them as you get older and you know, but it's still a part of who you are and it does come out. The right. reason why I want to talk about this is because 
And I was curious as to whether you were ever teased as a kid, because the way that you talk about heavy people, um, I, I listened to that podcast three times yesterday. And oh shit! When you're when you're talking about, I wish you wouldn't have done that. Well, yeah, it was. I have PTSD now. Oh, too late. So, so you talk about it in a very like angry way. Yeah. What are you angry about? Are well, you, like, are like how did how does that happen? Are you so angry at? heavy people are you angry about the situation i'm trying to figure out how that anger transports to somehow inspiring people to make healthy choices if you're going to project anger and say the world needs to get healthy and then you're saying i just don't understand why why you know we can't inspire more people to lose weight it's because of stuff like the show how does that work Wait, wait, explain to me. I want to answer your first question first, but I want you to get that point out. How does the show not help? What I'm saying is. So I can fix that? This show is a great example because what I'm trying to figure out is what, if, if I was a heavy person, I'm coming to your show mm-hmm. and you say you want to, you say you want to play your part in, mm-hmm. in, in fixing the world, right? If somebody right. that you didn't know was heavy came and listened to that show, what would that heavier person taken away from your show that was going to inspire them? To go in and, and join a CrossFit gym. Right, right. Can you think of anything in that show that happened that would have inspired somebody to take action in, a, in, a, in an inspiring way, empowering way? No, but I can't. But I but I also can't think of anything that wouldn't. Was there some shit that I said that would drive them away? Fuck yeah. Tell me. Okay. So let's start off with but- and then, and then I want to, and then I want to answer to you that question. I want to go back and answer what you said. Are you angry? I want to tell you w- what my process is. But go on. So, what did I say that would push people away? Um, well, one, you said after looking at all these heavier people, you have PTSD. I use those words. Yeah, shocking. Oh, okay. And and then um, and then you said and, and why and why does that push people away? If I say I saw all these heavier people and I and I and, and I, I mean, basically you're implying when you said I'm seeing all these heavy people and now I have PTSD that it, this is literally like I think you actually said it in the show that it was literally like one of the worst days of your life to see all these heavier people. Right. Right. Um, so I, I see, I totally see what you're saying. And I think you're probably correct about how it comes across. It's not about those people. It's about the implications of those people, but, but I'll circle back around to that in a second. But those people that you're talking about are those people that you're talking about are, they're the ones that are suffering from a much bigger problem, but the bigger problem, right. As an individual, they are, but as a collective, they're not, but they're not there as a collective. Right. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. They're not all getting together to dance in front of Sevon and be like, right. look at us. Right, right. What's happening? Right. Okay. So then you said. That was good, uh, by the way. That that might be able to be a uh, real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's all these 400 pound people there wearing Mickey Mouse um, hats. They've never worked out a day in their life. Really? Yeah. I don't know that. Right. Do you? No, I don't. Was that your story? Yes, it was definitely my story. His shirt was a quadruple X tied around his gut in the background. Matt's over here laughing his ass off. Like, what is funny about that? Yeah, fuck you, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is you're, you guys are laughing through this entire show. Yes. 
And how does that? Wait, wait, wait. Am I angry, Athena, or am I laughing? Which one? Well, there's parts that you're laughing. There's parts that you're you're just straight up pissed. Okay. We'll get to the anger part later. Okay. But so what I'm saying is, if somebody comes onto your show, wants to be, you are part of the CrossFit community, right? You you are passionate about people getting into CrossFit. You talk about it on every episode. We want it to change lives. What I'm asking you is, how are you doing that? Right. How are you doing that? Like me personally. You personally. Or your tribe, right? Your tribe are the people right. on your show. Right. How is my tribe? Matt, Matt laughing his ass off every single time that a, a heavier picture gets posted. How are you inspiring people to take action if you're mocking them? You know what I mean? We're not going to get to any of my notes today, I can tell. Probably, probably not. How... Um, how inspiring. These, this is a rhetorical question too, right? These are rhetorical questions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not like, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is, I, I'm just asking you to be objective in, in your own stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm open. I'm open. I'm fucking. Yeah. Like Christine, I, like Christine Y says, look at Christine. Y doesn't even look like a real person. It, uh, I'm here for this. I, I'm here for this. Let's fucking do this. Okay. I'm, and I'm now taking notes on your notes, on your feedback. Okay. okay good. Uh, Ch- Caleb, change the name of the show again. Uh, feedback on the Disneyland show. I think it's So, so I'm asking you, here's more. Ready? Because, do you, well, let me, can I just say this? So, I go there and I think of all the complaints that the world has. Oh, wait. Hold on. Sorry. Okay. My okay. favorite. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Fuck. Not re- probably not. Probably I'm probably this, not. Ready. This group of people can't possibly think straight. Yes, I remember saying that. You're looking at one of them right now. Right. Am, not, right. am I not thinking straight? No, you are thinking straight. So you know what I mean. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to take this stuff personal. I'm not going to come at you and be like, "Oh, I'm sad." What I'm saying is too late. Um, it's, not <laughs> it's not. Athena. Matching, it's not matching your goals. Athena, what? if I think that if you eat, um, uh, um, um, if you're if you're a five year old kid okay. and you're starting to be fed fucking Twinkies and Ding Dongs and you and you and Coca Cola and you live that life until you're thirty, yeah. that you will have a fucking hormonal imbalance. Yes, that will fucking make it so you don't think straight. You'll think in a brain fog. And and I also think this. I also think this. I think as people become more capable, they start to be able to take on more personal accountability and more personal responsibility. You found that. You found that. I, I would I, from reading your book. Yeah. I hate to use your book into by finding God. You found ultimate empowerment because you found God. Other people, schmoes like me, find it through CrossFit and be like, oh, I can jump over a fence. Oh, I can do a muscle. I, I start my value starts going up that way. And then you also find it through CrossFit. All of a sudden you're like, okay, I can go upstairs to my bedroom. Okay, I can do this. Oh, there is a group of people. So what I'm saying is, is those there's we but but going back to the diet thing, I think that if you have a shitty diet, I do think that it affects the way you think. And when you I think that um uh people who are immobilized by their diet or by somehow in their lifestyle, that they they there's a fear that creeps in that makes it so, so that they don't think straight about how the, the planet functions, how, how the planet functions. Do you, or do you, do you hear me on that or no? You're not, you're not, am I not connecting that dot for you? No. Okay. Um, the, the, I, I think, think that I think watching too much news and shit can affect your brain. Yeah, for sure. 
For sure. You know, like we was talking about Twinkies. I mean, if, if you watch too much news and post too much shit on, you know, the, 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 the daily world and stuff happening it can affect your brain. You don't think that you think clearer as, as you get healthier, as you eat cl- cleaner, as you start, you don't think that there's a. Oh, I definitely do. I mean, does, 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 does diet play a role in just how we feel? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. But, but you just said something, let's go back to that. Cause you said, yeah. They, they, they get fed the Twinkies and sodas and all this stuff when they're five. Right. Right. So is it that person that creates that path for them? Who created the path? Who set that person up from the very beginning? Uh, their parents. But why is that relevant? Well, it is relevant because that's, that's the world that they're introduced to. These are right. Right. This is the, this is the world that they know. Right. So they don't know any better. This, these are the foods and the culture and the environment that they grow up in. They right. get older, right? But but we're gonna look at them and say, oh, you um, you're unmotivated. You're you're just a glutton. You you know all the words that people use, fat fuck, whatever it is. But 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 we're saying that that was somehow their fault. Was well, if that becomes irrelevant and, and you also realize that in your book, right? Not that- irrelevant because it plays a factor at some point. Yes. We become responsible, right? We become responsible and we are responsible for our own stuff. What I'm saying is, is that we, we put that burden on that person. Yes. They're responsible for fixing it, but let's be honest. Like they were never set up to succeed from the beginning. Cut them right. some damn slack. Right. You know what I mean? You don't know what you don't know. It's like uh, I, I was just talking to somebody the other day about this. You know, this woman, she grew up in the South. They um, it, it's just it, it's part of your family. It's part of your culture. I mean, a meal times, uh, making sure that your plate is cleared. I mean, all of these things matter. Right. It creates who you are. Right. Oh, shit. I, I don't even think I broke that until like I was in my mid 30s. Well, but you did, but, but you did break it. And that you, it's the miracle morning, never blame full accountability. I don't. Yes, you're right. And so why are you now? Why, why are you now? Um, it, it, it's like someone said in the comments this is the best example I can think of. I apologize. Someone said in the comments, when I asked Stacey Tovar, she was feeling uncomfortable when I asked her about her menses or what birth control she was on. Mm-hmm. If you ask her today, she'll say that that was fucking an amazing moment. Like, why should I avoid making people feel uncomfortable if that if that is the path to to uh, to their miracle morning? Never blaming full accountability. I'm not saying don't make people uncomfortable. I'm saying oh. I'm saying do it respectfully. Okay, 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 okay. Fair, fair. The 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 laughing and the pictures and the. All right. I, there, there, there's definitely. I'm not in denial. There's a there's a there's a component of a, a, a temper tantrum on there. I'm you for have, sure. You for have sure. an incredible platform. Right. Right. An incredible opportunity to inspire right. the people that you say you want to help the most. Right. Right. right and are right. you doing it in a way that's going to get them in the box, the gym? No, I could do better. Yes. I can do better. Okay. I can do better. I think you can. I can do better. Okay, I'll let you have your notes now. <laughs> I um oh man, I love you. Thank you, man. I can do better. I can do better. I um 
I, well, thank, I, thank you. Saying, like, look, like, all I'm saying is the, the way that you are doing this, man, I'm sorry. Like, I, I love you too, but this is not, it's not the way. Uh, not- honesty and directness is okay, but how do you do it honoring someone else's humanity? Respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this is this is a, this is the Athena podcast. <laughs> oh, Susie, but eat it. When is your first? Uh, when is your first seminar? Next Saturday. Okay, so let me let me set the ground rules because really. Um, the, the betas are really just to test the content, you know, like we're not going to have the, the PowerPoints are going to be pretty rudimentary. Um, it, it'll be kind of a work in progress because we don't want to go through all the hassle of doing all the fancy shit when so many of those sections could change. And admittedly, I'm going into this, not knowing what I'm doing. I don't know how to put on a seminar. Right. Um, but, but I'm learning. Hey, when Greg, when I went to Greg Glassman's first seminar, I mean, there was not that there wasn't an outline, but he just did the, um, he just, he, he just did the whole thing himself. He just stood up there and did it. And sometimes he would wander off this way and wander off this way. And there'd be like some staff maybe who like got him back on point, but, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a three day event of him just talking. It was incredible. Yeah. And then, and then it just got over the years, it just got more and more structured. Dave and Nicole put it into more and more cubbies. By the way, after I had you on that podcast, yeah. that CrossFit podcast, Nicole Carroll reached out to me and asked me for your contact information. She goes, that's the kind of people we want on the L1 seminar staff. I was like, holy shit. That's a, cra- that's a crazy compliment. It's funny that you say that. Why is that? I heard You're- this. Are, are you like, maybe I shouldn't, are you like, maybe I shouldn't go here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that I, I yeah, yeah. Um, she's a, she's a wonderful judge of character for that too. Obviously for that, her and Dave were wonderful at picking people for that. Like she wouldn't, there's no, she wouldn't just say that for any reason, unless she felt it, at least if she meant it, you know what I mean? There was no, you know what? Everybody, everybody has CrossFit superheroes. Right. Right. Um, you know, people always ask me, you know, like who are your favorite females and the people that come to mind for me are not like, um, you know, Sarah or, or, uh, who, who did you have on yesterday? I don't fucking know. Come on. It's one giant fucking our, our Icelandic queen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Annie, Miss Thor's daughter. Athena, don't judge people by their looks. Also, Athena, the guy's knees are hot. Oh, Okay. I don't even know what that means, but I just like he gave me $5. Write that down in your notes. Hold on. I'm going to write it in mine. Okay. So he's addressing the knee thing, but hold on. Let me. Okay. Damn it, Bobby. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and write it down. And then let's talk about your superheroes. Go back to Annie Thor's daughter. Annie. Hey, we're going to have to have a part two to this podcast. I can tell we only have 30 minutes left. We're never going to get this shit, but go on. Okay. So, um, but your superheroes, Nicole, she, she really is like, She's my, I, I, I have so much respect for her. You know, I think of the educators, you know, Karen and some of the, some of the seminar staff, Nicole, you know, like the teachers. Nicole could be on the cover of time magazine as like woman of the year. It's fucking nuts. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay. So Bobby's talking about the knees. <laughs> I don't, uh, 
Okay. So what they're talking about is the community sends me um, pictures of knees from all the guy athletes. So if there's a, so if there's a picture that's got, that's got really nice looking knees that day, then they send it to me and I share it on my stories. So how that started that probably makes my wife feel horrible, by the way, because she's she's really she had surgery on her knee and one of her knees. She's like really like insecure about the way it looks. You guys are fucking mean. Sorry. Go on. What they say. No, no one. Nothing. I'm just oh. being a, a, a pussy. Go oh, on. Um, so it's the you know, it's the, it's all that muscle group around the knee. And I, and I. Think oh, yeah. I have some weird. I don't know how it started, but there's I have some weird, you know, uh. Yeah, you like it. Like Sam Dancer probably has amazing knees, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have this weird, everybody's got weird body parts that they like, you know, like some people are attracted to somebody's eyes, some people's attracted, whatever. Yeah, girls' armpits, CrossFit girls' armpits are amazing. Where the the arm and the, the armpit, I've never even thought of an armpit as attractive, but the way it's highlighted by like their lat and their arm, it's like, oh, that's a nice armpit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. So what Bobby's talking about, yeah, I like that one. So what Bobby's talking about is the this knee group, this muscle knee group. And and my eyes, when I'm looking at a guy, it, it always starts here, but then it always goes down to his knees. And I I don't know why, but I think that came from, I, I grew up with very, um, you know, screwed up knees. I had Blount's disease that they corrected a couple of years ago with the double knee replacements. So Did that, that work? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Congratulations. Thanks. My leg isn't crooked anymore. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. That's nuts. That it that is. Worked. Uh, it, 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 that was a long recovery. Uh, was it, was there any part of you who thought you, part of you that thought you would never walk again? Like a bad acid trip? Like, like after the surgery, like I'm never going to get better. Well, yeah, because, um, after the surgery, they, the knee wasn't, I wasn't able to pick up my leg and it, it you know, after they, they tell you it takes a couple weeks, but after six weeks, it still wasn't firing. And we went to the doctor and the doctor said, look, you know, Athena, uh, this was one of the risks and you knew that. And I, I, I lost it because I thought that that was it. It's not going to fire on its own and I'll have to walk with a, you know, a stick. Like the nerve was damaged in the surgery. Yeah. But it came back. Oh, it took almost three months, but yeah, it came back. Holy shit. Yeah. It, it was a scare there for a while, but I, you know, I accepted my fate, you know, I'm writing Matt a note here to reschedule our project for, t- for our next podcast for 2026. After I heal from this therapy from this one. Okay. Uh, so, so back to the seminar, back to the seminar. Maybe Matt could use a, a session. Oh no! Don't leave Matt alone. He he's just a he's a just a um uh. Leave Matt I pay alone. him. I pay Stop him to laugh. He, he knows if he doesn't laugh at my shit, he's fucking off the show. He's, I, he's I, the poor guy. He's fine. Um. So 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 this se- tell me what the inspirate. Tell me what this seminar is. What the inspiration for it is. I really just want to dig in. I want people to leave here knowing that not only am I a callous asshole that shames people, but <laughs> um. But that we're launching our first seminar, Working with Large Bodies, is a full-day in-person seminar that will 
cover not only how to physically train and progress athletes through movements commonly seen in CrossFit and other types of functional fitness training, but also how to educate and empower trainers and gym owners to make their gyms welcoming and compatible environment for larger bodies. By the way, when I do see you're in the comments, I kind of check myself too. Why is that? Like if I'm watching a podcast, because like yeah. I don't want to, because I, because I just don't want to be offensive. Like I, I, like I tone my shit down a little bit around larger bodies. Like if I see you're on the, like I might be like, if you're, if you're, if I saw your name on there, I would immediately like, I won't be like those fat people. I'll be like, oh, the I was at the mall the other day with some larger body folks. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, like, I'll, it's, it's good. It's healthy for me. So, so you're saying I'm a good influence. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I try to be. Yeah, you are a good, good. influence on me. You know what? Like you're good. doing God's you're doing God's work in, in, in Satan's kitchen. I appreciate That's it. That's what I'm trying to do. Satan's kitchen. Thank you, Susie. Susie to <laughs> Susie is seven stigs. Yes. Marionette is what we prefer. Marionette. I don't like to put my hand up anyone's ass. I prefer to move them from the top. Okay. Our first set what what is, is does that sum it up? Can I hear it in your own words? What is this seminar? The scaled nation training, uh working I mean, with it, larger it, it, body it, seminar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, that's what it really is. It's just, um, it's a, we consider it more of a, a coaching development course where we're really kind of talking about, um, working with larger bodies is a little bit different one, just because of, of what that person is bringing into the gym, um, which is a little different in a lot of cases. And, and then teaching that coach, you know, the level one seminar is great. The level two is great but it doesn't teach you how to be a coach, unfortunately. And on top of that, it teaches you the nine CrossFit functional movements, but it certainly doesn't teach you everything we do in CrossFit. It's very limited. And you know, as well as I do that, you know, your typical wad is not just the nine foundational movements. You're doing all kinds of shit in a box. And that's where coaches need the most help. There's not everything uh, else. Can you get, can you give me an example? Yeah, like, um, you know, how to, um, it's not, a, it, you know, it's not a scaling course at all. Um, what we're trying to get coaches to do is step back from the movements and try to strip them down to the most fundamental basic you can possibly think. Take it back to ground zero and then learn how to look at every movement and build somebody forward. Like there's nothing more than I can't stand was we're always scaling backwards and it's really defeating for most people. Instead of scaling them forward, we're constantly scaling people backward and it's just the wrong approach. I don't, I don't tell me what's the difference. Give me examples of that. Okay. So, so, you know, somebody, somebody that's um, larger body walks into a gym and it's their first day there. The coach in the coach's mind, because the coach has never had to live in a larger body, right? They make a lot of assumptions too. And one of the one of the assumptions that they make is, oh, well, the the wad calls for a 20 inch box, um, 12 inch box should be super fucking easy. They pull the 12 inch box out. And guess what happens? That athlete isn't prepared for the 12 inch box. So the coach is like, oh, shit. So all this is happening live on the floor. Oh, shit. Oh, you can't do that. OK, so what does he do? He grabs a 12 inch box, he pushes it to the wall and then they bring something smaller out. Why are we doing that? That's scaling backwards. Um, and, and the solution is you mean to be to know that ahead of like pull that person aside, recognize, OK, that person is uh, 
maybe a hundred pounds over their weight and that they shouldn't be jumping period or like, I'm not following what you're saying. Like, so if you, um, coaches are not going to get in that position if they just start people at the building blocks, this coach has never seen this person before. So the best assumption to make is they can't do it at all. Always make that assumption. Right. So what would be the first place to start somebody out if box jumps or box step-ups is in the workout? Right. We all know the answer to that, but that's how far back you need to take somebody. And then if if they get the, say it, say it really is just a a step forward and then a step back, right? You're going to be able to give that person a win on the very first visit. So guess what happens? You're like, oh man, that's great. Um, I can, I can see that you have balance. You've got good stability. I'm going to pull out, say you're going to pull out a a little plate and it it doesn't even have to be that big. It could be a 10 pound plate. So then you pull out the 10 pound plate and you have them step up to that. And then if you can see that they're handling that, well, great. They just got another win. Yay, Yay. Yay. So when they go home that day, you've never met them. You've given them a bunch of wins. And then that person is sitting home at night and they're like, oh shit, guess what I did today? You know, it's not, that's the experience that they're going to have, not, Hey, I'm going to walk into a gym. The coach had to, to bring out three different fucking boxes and I couldn't do any one of them. And I'm never going back. Uh, The big picture there is make sure you're setting people up who come into the gym new. It sounds like this is applicable to any, any human being. It really is. Give, give them wins. It's um, interesting. You say that Um, I heard you talk in your book, you talk about, um, getting on the floor or, or no, I, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically the gym, you ask the instructor, um, Hey, I want to learn a burpee. And they say, okay. And they say, get on the floor. And then you stop them. And you're basically like, that's the part I'm worried about. They're like, what do you mean? They're like, I, I don't know how to get up. Yeah. And I remember in 2017 or 18, an affiliate owner, I know probably one of the top 10 biggest affiliates in the world, definitely one of the most successful in the world, told me, holy shit, all of this work you guys are doing in media now, showing larger body people doing CrossFit. We had someone come in the other day who was 100 pounds overweight, uh-huh. and we got them in the prone position, and they were stuck. And I, this is a world-class coach, yeah. games athlete of the highest fucking level, said, I didn't fucking know how to coach someone to fucking stand up. Thank you. And then, and then, and he said, and he was so embarrassed. He was like, how the fuck do I not know that? And so one of his other coaches knew they came over, they coached him up, but you're saying that this is what, um, um, this, uh, working with larger body scaled nation seminar will teach you like, Hey, those are the things you have to be prepared for. These are you- so common. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, this, this course actually stemmed, I'm sorry, but we're going to talk about it. Oh, uh, this From my Disneyland episode? No, no, no. I'm done with oh, this. Oh, oh, I beat you over the I was head. like, I inspired you. Wow. The Disneyland episode was good. No, it was not. Oh, okay. My bad. Okay. Disneyland so, bad. so, so, so the, the course came from my level two seminar. I mean, yes, I've been thinking about it for a while, but I think the level two seminar was the cherry on the cake and you are getting world-class um, educators. And what I'm saying is that none of us have so much education that we cannot learn more. So what happened was um, the knees are still pretty sensitive. You know, I can't get on my knees because of the, because of the cut lines. So I'm in, I'm in the middle of this level two seminar and we were just on. When was this? When was this? uh, A year ago. 
Okay. So you had your surgery and then a year later you took, went to go take your level two. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. So it started out with like the warmups and, and unfortunately there was nothing prepared for warmups, but it's so fundamental. We forget sometimes that we have to be prepared for everything. And there was this really awkward freeze where I'm standing there, everybody's on the ground. And it was very clear that the coach, nothing against the coach. He's freaking incredible. But what I'm saying is there was a pause because it, shit, what do I do? But if we had just thought about the warm up, the same way that we think about a workout, what are we doing in it? What's the point of it? That there could have been a scale ready. We have to scale, not just workouts, but warm ups too. So it was just one example, like, how should that be done? The coach should come over to each person, no. like just do a quick, hey, do you need anything scaled? Do you need anything scaled? Do you need no. You have to uh, you have to offer options in the warm-up activities the same way that Okay. You okay, just to the group in general. Because you know, a lot of um so like let sorry sorry so you're saying if they if if you said okay everyone we're gonna do ten burpees before we start I'm gonna show you three different burpees and one you just show someone like lean against the wall I mean, and push themselves up exactly you need to you need to show that first option as the most fundamental ground zero yeah always offer ground zero on everything yeah and then always show the rest offer of them and allow those people to choose but we need to do it with everything. Um, warm up, stretching, all those is really complicated for large body because you can't get into those positions. Uh, pigeon pose is one of the toughest things to get into for a larger body because, man, you got, you're going to have trouble everywhere. But it's just understanding that it's not that these people don't want to get healthy. It's not that they, it's not that they don't want to be there. But if they get put in these situations, you're unprepared as a coach. They're never coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was looking. I was. I'm trying to see what pigeon pose is. Oh, it's. I see. I, it. I can never do them. Still can't. Hurt. Looks like it's. It looks like it's bad for my back. <sighs> Everything's fucking bad for my see, back. Like, it, it's that one. It's this one where you like. It's, is it? Is it that one? <laughs> yeah. Like okay. So what I want you to do is like okay. So, oh, it's a gif. See, you see where she's got her belly on her leg right there. Yeah. Imagine if you are front, if you, you, you've got a belly like me in the front, how are you going to do that movement? Right. How? You can't physically. Now, there are some LBA that are incredibly flexible. Oh, uh, LBA. Wow. I never heard that before. I like that. Okay. Oh, thanks. Larger bodied athletes. Yeah, I think he would too, Travis. Um. The uh, that's what was going on downstairs, by the way, at CrossFit HQ when I left there. What well, it was it was it was a program that Greg wanted to start down there. It was only for old people and larger bodied athletes. That's all it was for. Like you had to be fucked up to go to, to work out there, and that's where I saw Michelle Moots and Wes Pyatt and those guys uh, teach in, in Jenny Loud. They taught people like that's one of the first time I'd seen a burpee where you just lean against the wall and push yourself up. Yeah. And we had those stories that you tell in your book too, where like people would be in their car yeah. and they wouldn't come out. They'd That's come right. to the gym and they would just be out there. Yeah. And then one of the trainers would be like, Hey, you got to walk in. They'd be like, no, they're like, no, you got to, they'd open the door and like walk them in the gym. They're like, now what? They're like, you just sit down and then I walk you back to your car. That's day one. And you come back tomorrow. It was cool as shit. Right. 
So cool. Tiny, tiny. Well, and, and this is the the overwhelming theme of the level two, right? Is really focusing on giving that person micro wins. Don't make those steps too high. Not the level two, the um the the scaled nation seminar. You said seminar uh, two, yeah. Seminar, I, I, yeah. Ours is just essentially a reminder of of the education that we've already got. It's it's essentially how to apply it to this demographic and do it well. And you know what? I don't even think eight hours is enough to be honest with you. I'm I'm still struggling even right now. We're a week away, and I'm like, I don't. It, it'll be interesting to see what we can fit in eight hours, and the course may uh, the course may evolve very quickly. I could see it turning into a two day seminar very yeah. easily. Um, have you ever gone, have you ever been to a CrossFit gym where you uh, met a coach and they, you were just like, holy shit, this person's like off the chart. Good or bad? Good. Oh yeah. 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 I'm incredible. I've met some incredible coaches. So, so there are people who can, who, who are thoughtful enough from just taking what's out there. No, I don't think there's anything out there that's going to teach somebody how to have a little more empathy. There's no CrossFit training that talks about empathy, which is what you really need to have. You're either going to be a good human or you're going to be a shitty human. Well, uh, but it's more than empathy too, isn't it? it it's, it's, um, it, it's being intuitive. It's having empathy. It's understanding um, the body. Just the Yeah, understanding the body, movement, right? Movement. It, it's all of it. Like it would be obvious if you saw a guy come in with one leg and there were 400 meter sprints in the workout to walk over to him and be like, Hey dude, uh, it, it is his first day. Be like, uh, Hey, we, we got, we're going to have you on the rower if, if, if you don't want to run or something. Right. You know what? But, you just said something really interesting. You said it should be obvious. Right. Right. To me as a, as a larger body person and only knowing this life, that's, I had to stop thinking like that too. There's nothing obvious about anything. Because, right. and, and this is what we talk about in the course, to, to, a, to an athlete or a coach, right, that has never struggled, that's mm-hmm. never been in a larger body, never under, has never been able to understand those challenges, to them, they're like, oh, well, you know, somebody should be able to just do a sit-up. It's the most fundamental movement there is. It's, it should be easy, right? We hear easy a, a lot. I'm going to give you an easier option. Well, there's mm-hmm. nothing easy about it. So when you say like it should be obvious, no, no, we, we can't even use those words. They don't know what they don't know. It's not their fault. Run, Forrest, run. Yeah, they're responsible once they are aware, hey, these are the challenges. These are what we want coaches to understand. Once they have awareness, then yes. But we can't, we can't fault any coach for not understanding or not connecting the dots that they just can't comprehend, and it's not their fault. Yeah, and and, and just go to the uh, um, larger body seminar that Scaled Nation does. Exactly. Get on fuck. Uh, we only have ten minutes. I got to ask you something. What was your favorite part about the book to write? Because I have a a million. I, is there one part when you think of that book, you're like, oh, that was fun writing that part? Um. Oh wow. Uh. And then I'll dig in there. Okay. Okay. 
Are you hoping I say something? No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by what it would be, though. I'm like wondering, is it going to be? There was some definitely some cathartic shit in there. Yeah. I mean, you've had some. You've had to deal with some crazy shit, yeah. like that dude who drove you to the end of that dirt road. That's some gnarly shit. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you go into some um, really uh, intense detail throughout the book, which is which is nice. I, I appreciated that. I, the de- details are like so important to me. Mm-hmm. I don't like to fill. I don't like to uh, fill in other people's shit for them. Um, but there, there's stuff like that, but then there's, um, did you, did you enjoy writing the highs or the lows the most? Hold on. on, Stop. Yeah. He said, I don't like to fill in shit about people. Yeah. Hold that thought. Okay. Uh Oh, uh Oh, back to Disneyland. Hold on. I'm just, you you do this. You do this all the time, man. You got to stop doing it. This right, group of go. people can't possibly think straight out loud because they never worked out a day in their life. Yeah, yeah. You, you just said I don't like to fill in shit about people. You do it all the time. Oh, I, I trust me. I yeah, that's fine. I do a lot of things I don't like to do. All you the look time. at somebody and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, this person is like, they must have been here. They must have been here. They, they did this. They did this. Like, how does that happen so fast for you? I don't want to pick my nose, and I'm just a chronic picker. There's a whole list of I I, I hear you. Okay. Guilty, uh, guilty. Okay, okay. Um, what's my favorite part? I, you know, actually, I think my favorite part of the book um, was uh, writing about how I found CrossFit. Oh, I'm gonna get emotional. Uh, it just it was a it was a it, finding this community, finding this life is um, it was a game changer and. It, it still is evolving for me. It, it continues to be a struggle for, for a lot of reasons, but damn it, I'm in there doing it. Hey, that was my favorite part of the book too. And that's the part of the book I was thinking about this morning that I kind of wanted to start the show with. You walked in there yeah, and people were fucking nice to you. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to take anything away from your gym, but I know why they were nice to you. They were nice to you because that was the culture set at the very first gym in CrossFit Santa Cruz. If you ever met Greg Glassman for the first time, he walks over and fucking hugs you. And that's what the L1 sets that culture. When you take your L1 on the first day, everyone's awkward and just kind of like looking around. Oh, that guy must have the fastest fran time. And by the end, you guys are all buddies. I would say that the level one is like that. I felt so taken care of at my level one. It was the best day of my life. Yeah, but I will say that that ju- that culture does not carry over to every single gym. I walk no, in- no, I agree. Ooh, I walk I agree. In just as many boxes, and I'm like, holy shit, and walk right back out. I agree. I, I've seen Greg fool um, uh, pelvic to pelvic, chest to chest, hug every kind of person you can imagine in this world. Any fucking like. Scramble it up, fucking albino lesbian from fucking Jamaica with two arms missing. Like he, I seen him. He's traveled to all the fucking continents, and and he has been welcoming to everyone. Have you have you met him, Athena? Greg. Yeah. In person. I mean, we talked on the phone. No, TDC doesn't hug so much. TDC doesn't hug so much. Now he got he got a TDC and Boz don't hug so much. They have boundaries. They have boundaries. Boundaries. TDC. That's the Dave Castro. Oh, the Dave Castro. Sorry. And you say you're sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. No, it's early. 
Okay. Not early enough to fucking rake me through the coals on my own podcast. <laughs> Sorry. It has to be done. You invited me. I know. I'm inviting you again, too. Uh, so, so you go into the gym and they're crazy welcoming. You went to the 2017, um, open announcement, which yeah. is a really tough place to fucking get introduced to CrossFit. Right. Cause it's, it's kind of the hardcore. It's the most hardcore. I know. Is. Uh, th that was the first introduction to CrossFit. Very first day they were doing, uh, 17.5. And, and you go in there. Yeah. I go in there and, um, and you open the door and everyone stares at you just like they would stare at every, anyone who walks in. Who's this new girl? I mean, they're like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't take long. Everybody was coming up and introducing themselves. By the way, this is uh, My Five Fitness in Lakeville, Minnesota. Awesome. I love it. Um, they're de-affiliated? Are they? I don't know. You didn't say – you said My Five Fitness. Uh, I don't know if they are still affiliates or not. Okay, fine. Go on. Um, walk in. Yeah, I walk in, and um, it, it, within a minute or two, they were all coming up. Hello, are you new here? I, it was it was pretty amazing. Never had that happen in my life. And then, so I'm sitting around. We're, we're watching. Do you know, it's scary for people to do that too. Not just to any, not just to, not just to anyone, but to walk up to someone who has a, who's a larger bodied person. It, it it's it's not. Um, it goes both ways. Yeah, it goes both ways. It's not easy for some fucking hundred pound dude who's five foot five to fucking walk over and introduce himself to five hundred because it's the unknown, right? It's 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 that's all it is. It's no judgments, nothing. It's just you're afraid of the unknown. It's the same reason like you don't pet strange dogs. It's just the unknown. But go on. So people yes. and CrossFit transcends that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. It, it it can. Yes. Yeah, it can. Sorry, it can. It can. Uh, it can. Uh. So I'm watching everybody and, and, and they were like, Hey, Athena, uh, you know, a year from now, that's going to be you. And I was like, bullshit. And at the time it wasn't even something that I could fathom because I was on canes, you know, like, how can you, how can you, you can't process you walked in there with canes. Yeah. I was on canes. Two God. walking canes. That's how Did I had you to walk. Hate that? I strongly disliked it. Yes. Strongly. Did you have the kind that went around like the like like the the like a Forrest Gump had like that that the steel yes. thing wraps around your uh yeah they had forms? Well, it wasn't steel but they did have the um the, the canvas now but yes yeah, same thing yeah I'm when sorry. I see those I think those that means you're gonna have those for the rest of your life like when I see those kind I'm like oh you're fucked yeah uh but I'm not that judgmental you're not uh, you just created a story. Oh, they're fucked. They are fucked <laughs> if they have those. Okay. So, um, let's see. Yeah. So just, just how welcoming it was. It was incredible. And your life, to, to be fair also, um, your life had not been that way for the first 35 years of your life. Your story is, your, your book is littered with places. Well, except for your drug friends. Your drug friends seem pretty cool. They were cool. They were cool. They were cool, huh? You know I what? Know. I, I I would never condone you know that type of behavior now, but but that was some of the best times of my life. Yeah. That first crew that you smoke weed and cigarettes and do coke with and yeah. drink and you guys watch like old episodes of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. That shit is so fun. It, it was fun. Those were good memories. People falling asleep on couches. Yeah. And 
I think, you know, everybody's got to go through that stuff, you know? Yeah. Part of but, but besides that, um, uh, it, 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 there weren't too many places where you were welcome. Without, without pay, being basically hazed. Well, interesting question. Was it, was it really because I wasn't welcome or was it because that was the story I created? Damn, you're good. I take full responsibility for creating those stories. Do what? Because do I know that I wasn't welcome anywhere? No, I don't. The miracle morning. Yeah. yeah. Never blame. Full accountability. That's right. Uh, um, do you think Scott Pancheck should be fully accountable and responsible for landing on that rope and twisting his ankle? Hurting his knee? Do you know that story? Um. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Isn't that a, isn't that a trip? Um, I sent Scott uh, a message in my story. He ended up reposting it, and there's only, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna appoint blame on anybody. It's unfortunate. God, he's a good dude, isn't he? Fuck, um, he's I, a good I felt, dude. I felt um, terrible for him. Me too. I felt terrible for myself that I didn't get to watch him compete the rest of the week. I sent him some prayers and, but he's got great news. He does. Yeah. He has fabulous news. His wife's pregnant again. Yeah. Wow. Hey, is, is that the, is that the road to happiness taking full accountability and responsibility? Is that. I think that once you once you get comfortable in your own shit, um, it, it changes everything. Uh, the journey could be long, you know. Like I said, I'm I'm still working on mine. We're going to be working on our own shit forever, right? Right. But um, yeah, I, I I do, I do. Um, there are reasons, and there are factors, and there are things that ignite and uh, reasons why we are the way we are. You know, we could talk about my weight and how that started. I understand it. I understand how it started. I understand how it perpetuated. I understand how it still perpetuates today, but I, but I'm owning it and I own all of it. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. Congratulations on the second book. Thank you. Congratulations on the seminar. Thank you. I know that, uh, we're not, we're, I know we're finishing prematurely. That's hundred percent my fault. We're finishing premature. Oh yeah, yeah. Are we? Yeah, kinda. I mean, I could talk to you. And I'd like to talk to you for another hour. We have a shitload of people watching. I think we could talk for another hour. I think. Where are you like going? It. I have to. I have another. I have a. I would have to talk about with the 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 boy. I have another podcast in nine minutes. Jeez Louise. I know. It's not my fault. It is my fault. I'm fully responsible. <laughs> uh a beautiful having you on and. um I am I'm, so so this oh, one final thing one final thing so you will do this beta the mm-hmm. scaled nation beta and, yes. and that and that will be on what day the first beta is June 4th which is next Saturday it's in Des Moines Iowa uh, and, it's, and it's sold out already right it's close yeah okay and then our second one is in Wisconsin okay uh, July 9th Okay. 
And then um, we have our first live course in September. That is in Austin is going to be the first one. Hey, scroll down, Savan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put your name there. You want to come to you need to come to this course. I think that you would benefit the most. Savan Matosian would benefit the most. Fill it out. You got to put your name there and your email address. Do it. That's an incredible photo. He is amazing. Who is that? Um, um, that is Morgan's husband. Uh, oh boy, she's gonna kill me. Adam. His name is Adam. Wow. Good job. Oh. Hey, that. Hey, good job. Hey, I would have never been able. I can't even remember your name. What's your name? Uh, empowering people to live without. And I, without a circled and yellow limitations. Okay. What did you want me to sc- scroll down? Oh shit. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. June 4th, July 9th, September yeah. 10th in Austin, yeah. Texas. Oh shit. This thing's rolling. Oh yeah. So we got, we got a partnership where um, me and Tosh are, are. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then we got the Brazilian Tua. Wow. Savant, uh, Brazil is um, Carol Pasquale. Uh, oh, yeah, I know her. Oh, God, I yeah. love this woman. Cool chick. Yep, great she chick. Is, um, she is helping me set up the Brazilian tour, and I am super excited about that. It's going to be like uh, four different cities around the – around. Um, hey, she's a pretty hardcore OG that a lot of people don't know. She's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, um, she's pretty gnarly. She's That's a, that's a committed uh, – uh, I was going to say young lady, but I mean, I think I've seen her around for over 10 years. She has been just a complete, um, um, such a supporter of this course. Um, she's been in, oh, I love you, Rosemary. Right, there she is. Yeah, it's a great picture um, of her too. She, um, she is helping me with this. There'll be um, four, four or five cities, four or five boxes, 50 coaches, give her take five days down there and we're hoping to um get some education down there and we can start helping um the larger body demographic in southern brazil which um is very problematic right now yeah so so this is where we're putting um more is going to be added but this is what we have up there right now and as the course launches it'll be that first one in september um we'll be ready by then thank you talk to you soon thanks for having me everyone who thought that um i won uh stay listening everyone who thought athena uh whooped my ass uh fuck off and go somewhere else okay bye